This week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Episode 4, Model T for Ted. Party on, Adam. Party on, Garth. That's Wait a not minute. Bill and Ted. That's not <laughs> uh, my I know, brain that's hurts. why it was good. <laughs> my brain hurts so bad. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible. The podcast that asks, if a time loop falls in the woods, does anybody ever actually exist? My name's Adam. My name's Matt. My name's David. I'm Derek. Uh, Mike. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mike. <Yes. laughs> the miserable Mike. Miser- Mike. The miserable. Right. Mike has uh, awakened, awakened from his hibernation. Watches I was here ambles last down week. the hill in search of honey and grubs. <laughs> it it's Shark Week Everyone here on the show, me. and I think we should each share <laughs> our favorite shark survival story. Well, I had this idea for a suitcase that could also turn into an ironing board. And I was asking for, nice. a, for nice. a $300,000 investment <laughs> with a 20% share. <laughs> Beautiful. Russian caviar is banned right now because Listen, uh, I don't because want it's something that we're not going to talk about because we don't bring politics into this podcast. <laughs> I don't do conflict diamonds. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do conflict caviar. Conflict no, no rubies conflict, are okay. No con- isn't, con- conflict isn't, isn't diamonds are bad. caviar conflict caviar in a way? It's like foie gras. I don't know. I, I I got some bass out back, isn't, and I sucked the eggs out of them, and that wasn't conflict. conflict yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, you, you have, have to, to kill a duck. Actually, to answer, so. your, uh, to answer your question seriously, Matt, um, so the beluga caviar that comes from, from Russia, <laughs> right, they don't farm mm-hmm. it over there. Like, they don't have <gasps> fish farms. But there's actually a Russian immigrant to the United States who act, who opened a beluga caviar fish farm down in Florida. And he is trying to and he's he's doing it, but it just hasn't become like commonplace yet. He wants to essentially breed sturgeon for caviar production in the United States so that you're not essentially you're not putting anything that's pot you know, getting close to an endangered kind of whatever they call it. You know, you're not further endangering wild fish. And and this is a joint venture with Trump, you say? No, this is just some fucking <laughs> he actually looks gross. and sounds like the uh the crazy Russian guy from Armageddon or um, <laughs> Boris the Bullet Dodger. American components, Ooh, nice. Russian yeah, components, like, all made in yeah, Taiwan. Just like that. Yeah. Why did I'm they pretty sure him? he's Chechenian. I'm pretty sure that Boris that the Bullet Dodger? Chechen. So yeah, here's my Chechen. problem with yeah. this. As the biologist. It's because um, he dodges bullets. Sturgeon is a cold water fish. How could he be in Florida farm raising sturgeon? Refrigerator. It's all inside a uh, ice rink. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a god. He's got a gigantic refrigerator attached to what it. He, what he, what he did? Olympic sized pool. He cut all the tops and bottoms off of ref, oh, like a hundred refrigerators and laid them all in a big circle. And now he's just got a big circle of cold water for the sturgeon. I, I, got, a, to... I got a circle for you. Yeah, it's like it's essentially like the Large Hadron Collider, except for yep. with Fridges. refrigerated water. And yeah. surgeon, sturgeons. And so it's a, it, yeah. it's a it's yeah. a big sur- it's a big surgeon uh, circle jerk. It's a sturgeon collider. Produce- it's a sturgeon yeah. collider. That's yeah. how you get the caviars when they hit. 
the caviar yep. explodes out of the collider. So. Yeah, there's all the sturgeon yeah. go one direction except for one sturgeon. All right. Bill and Ted's like, did you pull this from like the darkest corners of the internet, like in like 240p? Yes, I did. How many how many Bitcoin did we have to shell out for this? Oh, I'm better than that. Here's a serious question. <laughs> Rufus. Is he Phil Collins or is that George Carlin? It's George it's Carlin. George Carlin. Alright, so tonight we're talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mike, you're asking about George Carlin. George Carlin did, in fact, uh, start a relationship later in life working with Kevin Smith. And he was actually in several Kevin Smith movies. He was, was like the Bishop in Dogma. Yeah, he was the Bishop in Dogma. And then he was also in that, in like the non-Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith movie where it was like J-Lo and Ben Affleck were a couple. And then J-Lo died G-Lee. and Ben Affleck had to raise, yeah. G- that, that, was that, was that the plot? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Ben Ben Affleck had to raise his daughter, basically <gasps> solo. So, so this is a horror story. <laughs> yes, it's a horror. The, right. horror, the horror story <laughs> is that well, he he moved ben back Affleck in with his father. Has access to a child. Ben Affleck moved back in with his dad, George Carlin, and George Carlin uh, taught him how to uh, be human. Dad. So, yeah. Um. Can you imagine how beautiful the woman would have to be to um, have birthed Matt, Bat Affleck from combining herself with George Carlin? <laughs> like, what a dip she had to go down. She must have been gorgeous, and then she, like, mixed her DNA with this troglodyte to make a uh, an Affleck. Look, he's ugly. Yes, exactly. And he's a really bad Batman. And he should feel <laughs> bad about that. <laughs> What if George Carlin played Batman? Oh, that would be amazing. Especially since he's dead. If they just had his corpse, like, weakened at Bernie-style Batman. Yes, yes. You could see the strings where they're, like, jerking George Carlin's arms around in the bat suit. (laughs) You know what's really funny? I don't think he'd be upset about that, so. (laughs) I think he would love it. Look at him, he's smiling. So let's go ahead and get into it. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is an animated television series spinoff. Uh, it is a 1990 cartoon, and it's a spinoff of the 1989 film of the same title, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, in which uh, two time-traveling slackers go back in time with the help of a uh, future, what's what's the right, guide that gives them a, uh, a time-travel device that allows them to go back and gather up some of history's greatest characters. Was uh, Arsenio Hall and, one of the main, like... And bring uh, them out, what was there, who who are the elders? I swear, Arcadia Hall was one of them. He may have been. I like to think of Rufus as like the as the Virgil to uh, Dante. You know, like uh, he's showing him, and the, the he'll in return be birthed as a great poet, the way Bill and Ted are going to be birthed as great poets. <laughs> I can see Bro. that. I can see that. At any rate. Essentially, for this cartoon, it features two dim-witted teenage musicians, Bill and Ted, who are visited by Rufus, a man from the future, who needs him to graduate from high school in order to start a rock band that will inspire the people of, fu- of the future and create peace and harmony for all throughout the world. 
could, could I stop you there? Time periods, making sure the history happens as it should, creating you like can't. constant time loops. So, Mike, what's up? What's up? How amazingly like 1980s is that? That a rock band can determine the future of like the free world and provide everything amazing for the future like just them rocking out and that makes everybody happy like like if that's not if that's, if that's not if that's not communism i don't i don't know what is well the scorpions led to the fall of communism so the cia hired them to write a song that would force russia to f- end the cold war are you talking so, about the, you know, the Song of Silence? Paul Simon? No, Wind, Wind of Change. Wind of the Change. The Scorpions, Wind of Change. You, have, you haven't heard this, this, oh, yeah, this yeah. whole, like, pseudo-history? Canard. So, the Wind of Change caused the downfall of communism of in Russia. And not, mm-hmm. yes. not Reaganomics. <laughs> not, <laughs> let's yes. just say those two things were equally on. responsible I, I feel trickled on every day when you know rich people you know trickle on me you have the weirdest politics a combination of like fetishism and I do Reaganism, think it's interesting now it's, same thing, I, it's, so. co- it's conflict capitalism <laughs> that, that's, that's, a, that's the capitalism you gotta smuggle out in your butt <laughs> yes, it's it's like digging a hole and and like sneaking it out through your butthole is that's that's my form of capitalism. <laughs> what? Is he okay. about? <laughs> I have no idea. Or is it? I think he's talking about like keystring cash and then getting it on the yard and burying it. Holes in his hole. hole. I don't understand. Um, so, I do think it's interesting thinking about like the utopia of Bill and Ted. Like that utopia yeah. is very much like a, a hippie sort of idea that that you know music can and culture are going to lead us to this utopia in the future but they've decided yeah. like to retroactively apply it to 80s meatheads it, it's rock it's rock kumbaya and then also like we're seeing in this animated series is the time loops essentially bill and ted are responsible for almost all of the accomplishments that history's great peoples have so great to society so, yes I love so crazy. I gotta, I gotta say that still that still actually sits with me. One of my favorite uh, scenes from the original movie was them pulling in on Socrates as he's uh, playing with sand, and he's like he's in front of a symposium and talking to people, and he says, "Like sand through an hourglass, so too are the days of our lives." Yeah, I thought that was yeah. amazing. Every rose has a thorn. My Bill and Ted memory is that I went to see it with my older sister. What? <laughs> you have an older sister? <laughs> yeah. I went yeah, to see it with you... my older sister. Uh, when when I saw it, they come, they meet themselves, right, to prove that yeah. they are going to travel through time and it's real. And they come yeah. out and they say, what number are we, are we thinking of? And they're like, 69. 69, dudes. Right? <laughs> dudes. Yeah. And I remember not getting it at all. Did not, did not get it. I was too young, and I said, I kept asking, I kept asking my sister, like, I don't, I don't get it. What is that? And then finally, I was like, Is it that one thought of six and the other thought of nine? 
And my sister, <laughs> your sister said yes. Yeah, my sister that's was like, absolutely that's, that's, that's fine, go away. <laughs> well, did she know what it was? Because I, I don't recall. Yes, of course. Yeah. She, <laughs> okay. she kept saying gotcha. like, oh, you know, you'll get it when you're older. How much older uh, how old were you when you saw that? Like, what was what was the age that you didn't know? Yeah, what's the age difference? I mean, the, before I knew about 69s and I was doing them on the reg with hot women. It, it would have been, it would have come out in 89, so he would have been 10. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're older than us. You're, you're, you're such a grandfather. <laughs> I'm like my own grandfather, like Bill and Ted. Mm. Like, um, no, like Fry, like Fry from Futurama. Yeah, from Fry, yeah. yeah. You, you, you did, did the nasty. nasty in the pasty. In the pasty. Prove <laughs> to me that Bill and Ted did not go back and fuck their mothers. Prove to me that Actually, didn't happen. Did, did you I mean, see the new really... Bill and Ted movie? Because I'm pretty sure. Have, that's have I Columbus. told you that I'm related to Missy Mom? She's yes. my yes. Sec- she's did. my she's my mom's cousin. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tell us again. That's though. why. Leave us one more that's time. why. I mean, but so in the beautiful. '80s, they were all about like time travel and then trying to smash your mom. Like they really, really explored that in Back to the Future. Oh boy! They really yeah. got. They, they really... really got up in there. Yeah. Well, that's it, one thing you got to say about uh, movie producers. They they really get the incest right when it comes to time travel. Yeah, they re- it's like they have an inside track. <laughs> okay. So, interesting thing about this cartoon. It came out again a year after the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, George Carlin, they all actually reprised their roles for this animated series for the first season. So the first 13 episodes, we are actually hearing the actual actors that portrayed these guys in the movies in the cartoon. 1991 rolled around, and they actually had to replace them because all of them went on to do other shit because they all had (laughs) other shit to do. Bigger and better things. I I thought they did a good job. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. So what wound up happening is they got replaced by Evan Richards and Christopher Kennedy. And those actors actually went on to portray Bill and Ted in the 1992 live-action television series, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, oh, man. There's a show I never want to see. We're adding it to the list. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. Oh, I think it's already on the list. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. There's your redemption so just right give you, Just to give you a little bit of background, um, the actors for this film, we have Ted being played by Keanu Reeves who has an extensive film career, and I'm sure you will undoubtedly recognize him from his roles in 1986 Babes in Toyland, in the hit (laughs) 1993 Alex Winters-directed movie Freaked, in which he played the de facto leader of the freaks, Dog Boy, and he was uncredited for that role. I know Kung Fu. So in this cartoon, Keanu, they have the OG voice actors? Yep, in, in this because episode, that, yes, because this is the fourth episode. The so. OG. Because at the very OG. end, George Carlin is listed as a voice talent, but I didn't see yeah. uh, no, they didn't. Keanu or Alex Winters. Not uh, not saying that they didn't, but I'm just saying that Carlin was listed. It's very interesting. It might be that it's cut off a little because we start right in the beginning, so we might be missing like a, a, an the early first. credit. Yeah. Mm. Oh, true. Yeah, be, remember, the be. credits show up in the beginning back in the 90s. <laughs> It's just credits all the time. Guys, remember in the, the movies back in the 80s and 90s, all the credits showed up in the beginning, like Fox Robin Hood. You had to sit through like 10 minutes of credits, and it was like the most <laughs> painful thing in the world. Like you watched all these fucking people that you cared less about because you were like a 10-year-old kid. 
And nowadays, I love that they just jump right into the movie. It's like, fuck this. And if you want to, you can sit through the credits at the end and see the Easter egg at the end. <laughs> okay, so I actually just fast-forwarded right. to the very end of the episode, and they <laughs> are he? the voice actors. They're yeah. listed on page yep. two and three, respectively, because it's done in alphabetical order. So that's how oh, of a wow. C-lister Keanu was back in the day, that he did not oh, no, headline yeah. Yeah. that list. He just was Keanu Reeves. He goes where the R's. Alex Winters, uh, you would actually know from The Lost Boys, where he played the one vampire that had two lines and then was killed in the lamest way when he was hung upside down and just got stabbed real quick by one of the mm-hmm. Thorne brothers. Also, you might remember him from not having a career after this. Well, no, because he was also the lead character in the 1993 movie Freaked, which he also directed. <laughs> so... And Freaked was a 1993 American comedy consisting of surrealist and absurdist humor, much like the live-action Simpsons. And in fact, a lot of the Simpson jokes are post-dated after Freaked, and there is some speculation that they got a lot of the material for the Simpsons from Freaked. Hold, and Freaked hold is up. starring actors such as Randy Quaid, Bobcat Goldthwait, Brooke Shields, speaking of, uh, Keanu Reeves, of course. And uh, the film suffered uh, from a bunch of post-production meddling from the studio uh, because they actually didn't want the movie to be released because the studio had changed midstream. Holy shit. Ad- so there was no Adam's marketing for Adam's gotten us a sponsor. So, a- so, Adam got us sponsors, <laughs> and it's Alex Winters. So everybody, watch Alex Winters Freaked while you're enjoying your Blue Mountain Bean. <laughs> Stick it in your bean hole. <laughs> Freaked. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, going back to like 1991, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves taking a uh, career taking off. That's actually really true. The, the very first thing in 1991 is he was in a uh, indie film, My Private Idaho. Uh, oh yeah, which like did really really well when it came to all the film festivals, and then that immediately led into Point Break, where he played mm, Point Break, uh, the FBI agent that was going after. Brody, the Patrick Swayze character. Yeah, Johnny Utah. My own Johnny Utah. Idaho there we go. Dr- Thank you. Yeah, uh, my own, I love that movie. My own private yeah. Idaho was good, directed by Gus Van Sant. Oh, really? Who directed oh, other prized films such as? Uh, he was the director on. Oh, geez, the the Matt Damon breakout movie. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Oh no shit. He also directed a film called Elephant that's very good. Mm. He's a, he's a, a very well-respected uh, indie director. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Uh, nice. I actually saw, it was a clip of a podcast where they were interviewing Ben Stiller, and he was approached by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to direct Goodwill Hunting, and he essentially was like, who the fuck are these guys? No. And then it went on to win Oscars. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yep. Nice. So in 1991, Keanu Reeves also started his band Dog Star. And in 1992, he went on to do Bram Stoker's Dracula, where he played that one dude that got it on with three oh, sexy vampires, right. he but he never nutted. That's right. I forgot he was in that movie. But his real breakout role wasn't until 1993 in the little-known Kenneth Branagh film, Much Ado About Nothing, where he plays Don John. Yes, and he has literally four lines. <laughs> Was that really his considered breakout role? No, no. no. It, it was it was a huge joke when 
when everybody was like making a big deal about Keanu Reeves doing Shakespearean acting because it was getting back to his roots is what everybody was saying because he he was oh, really? when he was a kid he used to do a lot of Shakespeare and he was horrible that... in that fucking movie it was horrible <laughs> is that the one that has actually like him and Denzel are in it and actually the costumes yeah. are pretty fantastic yeah. looking but yes. the rest of it is hot trash everyone but yeah. him is great yeah it's it actually is a pretty good movie it's just he's not all right there's a reason his, why he's only got four lines so well, that's his, his magnum character. opus really that's his character cyberpunk. yeah yeah but no that's, he's um he's the othello <laughs> of that movie he's the othello of that movie with denzel washington who played othello, <laughs> othello. <laughs> all right so i think that i've set up everything let's get into the summary shall we And trouble moves too fast. The we must learn about the past. So one one more question before you get into the summary, because Bill and Ted was a little bit ahead of my time. Um, yeah. No, there wasn't there. There were two feature length films with Alex Winter mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves as, as Bill and Ted, right? There Excellent now Adventure three. was the first one. There are three now. Well, yes, yeah, d- discounting the one that just came out, but. Yeah. This was the first. Excellent Adventure was the first one, right? Oh, yes, and yes. And then yeah. Bogus Journey the second was the one, second. Yeah. Okay, and when did that and, one come And Bogus out? Journey Bogus Journey was a little bit more. I think Bogus Journey came out in 19... I think it was 1992. It was actually pretty quickly. They actually got it released. If Excellent Journey plunges the depths of time, you know, Bogus Journey is much more metaphysical. It really explores the mind and the psyche of these characters. I was actually so just going to say that, actually. they go to the future they go to station where they meet station right is the name of the alien then they go to hell and they fight uh death i think yeah i think they go to yeah i think it's hell or purgatory and they go to heaven yeah and then they go to heaven at some point in time but then like was it heaven or was it like some sort of weird space station. It was it was actually much more colorful and much more creative than the first movie. They had robot doppelgangers. Yes, yes they, they got replaced by, by robot doppelgangers who kissed the their first, girlfriends. The first movie was almost like a, it felt more like it was a straight to VHS style movie that just happened to make its mm-hmm. way into theaters, and then it like exploded, and that's the reason why there's so much. Bill and Ted paraphernalia everywhere. So, cause, I mean, it's really uh, why we live in a post Bill and Ted world, you know? We kind of, yeah. Doing just like a little bit of scratching of the surface, there was the, the first two Bill and Ted movies, there was a Bill and Ted cartoon, the Bill and Ted live action series, Bill and Ted comics from DC Comics, there was a Bill and Ted serial, which apparently was dog shit in a bowl. <laughs> there was Jesus cut out the editorial. All right. There was MTV's Bill and Ted's National Air Guitar Championship. There was like a a Bill and Ted theme premiere party for all the movies that came out. Bill and Ted action figures. Mm-mm. Bill and Ted like collectible posable figures. The Bill and Ted video game. Bill and Ted musical adventure, which I guess was an actual like music of Bill and Ted, the excellent adventure that was done in like a symphony environment. There were a bunch of McDonald's ads that would mimic Bill and Ted, but the best one was Weezer apparently did a Wild Stallions edition 
for their song Beginning of the End. Nice. Plus, I have a tattoo of Bill and Ted kissing across my butt cheeks. That's right. When you make them clap, that's when the real action yep. happens. That's when the yep. tongue wow. gets, when they get the tongue in there. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember Bill and Ted being kind of a cultural phenomenon, but boy, they blew the fuck up. Was this just yeah, kind oh, of yeah. like a perfect storm of just like everybody was like, was this a a meme of 33 years I think, ago? Kind of. I think yes, it kind of it kind was. Kind of more a meme, was, yeah. Because it was almost like one of the appeals for uh, Keanu Reeves in general is just like he, he kind of is the everyman. He has that like. Yeah, that's why everybody likes him ex- everything that he does. Yeah, because yeah. they can kind of like project themselves onto him pretty easily. But aside from that, it was just sort of me, David, Mike, and Matt being <laughs> prepubescent teens yeah. when a movie about like some cool slacker high schoolers time traveling and getting to hang out with like all of these mm-hmm. famous people throughout time. And their girlfriends are princesses. Girlfriends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That it kind of just sort of like fit the bill for us. That and then the guy that played Napoleon was just sort of funny running around San Dimas trying to get to the Waterloo. But I, I don't know. They did this with a lot of films during that period. Like, you know, like they did it with films like Gremlins. They did They did it whenever yeah. they felt like they had enough cultural cachet to get people to buy the license. That's fair. That is fair. But yeah. this one this one seems to have persisted though. What like what did it did it have that level of charm, do you think? Like I think it, it's like, Keanu Reeves has persisted. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Really? It's cuz he's so yeah. wholesome. That's, that's because, yeah. Cuz I talked about making a Bill and Ted uh 3 for probably about like 20 years and Alex Winters was always saying, "Hey, I'm ready to do it when Keanu is cuz Alex Winters wasn't doing a damn thing." So Hey, I, think I mean, it, what about what I, about I, a little I film too, called Freaked? Free, that is a fine film, my friend. If you have, I wouldn't be too Freaked, unhappy to be to Alex Winter though. <laughs> I'd be fine being was, Alex Winter. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, he's one half of fucking Bill and Ted. Guy's living off royalties on that. He doesn't have to do shit. Not only that, but he and everybody he's has the smart one. like a positive memory of yeah. him. I think he actually did uh, a lot of uh, directing and production too. So he was like behind the scenes doing stuff. So. I mean, Freaked, the movie that he made, was a $12 million movie. It cost $12 million to shoot, so he had that experience under his belt. So, of course, Hollywood was calling him to do other film projects, I'm sure. So, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't discount if, him. I can't tell if he's still pitching or not. <laughs> what, what did Alex give you? At this at this point, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me hope. if Alex Winter like, went on to a very lucrative career of voicing every Pokemon fucking game there was, like Mark <laughs> Hamill style. Like, yeah, man, Mark you're Hamill's Luke Skywalker. Like, what else did you do? Every voice actor ever, every cartoon character, nice. I did them all. That's that's who I did. You know, it's that meme, like where you were banging chicks, I was studying the blade. No, Mark Hamill is voicing the Joker, baby. Do you think that Alex Winter was banging chicks? No. Probably Never. not. I think he was probably... Never. It's like the <laughs> I don't think thing. he's ever done it. Sorry, Derek. It's the Hollow Notes thing where the one of them was like, yeah, I slept with like 3,300 women when we were like big. And the other guy was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you were pulling that much ass? Oh, fuck. I guess I wasn't doing so great. Okay, so we open up the episode to 10. Oh, Jesus, we haven't even started yet. 
having his 41st driving lesson with his father inside his father's police car. And this is when we get another one of those situations where obviously the writers of the episode sent written notes to the Korean animators describing what a cop car looks like on the inside. (laughs) And then the Korean animators just sort of like running with it and not really knowing. So we have magic switches on the dashboard that turn on windshield wipers and the siren and the lights. We get from this exchange, though, that... um, Ted has no idea what he what he's doing when it comes to driving, and his father has is at his wit's end. It has basically told him to stop, get out of the car, and that he's never having another driver's license or driving, never having another driver's lesson again. And this is when Ted takes it as to mean that he is an excellent driver and doesn't need any more lessons. Why does he have such beady eyes? Because Keanu of the animation style. It, it, he's got the beadiest little eyes that I've ever seen on, like, mm-hmm. anybody. It is in a stark contrast the way Bill is animated. Uh, versus his he, yeah. dad. Versus Ted. Or no, versus Ted. Because Ted is, like, he just has the single black dot for the eye. Whereas everybody yeah. else does have, like, properly... Whites of the uh, white drawn eyes with like the whites of the eye. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that's because he's high? Is that what this is trying to communicate? Is like pupils Maybe. are insanely dilated. Or like his his eyes are actually like bloodshot to the point where they look like skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets that well known condition that potheads get, where skin grows over your eyes. Exactly. I think this is. Yeah. I think this is racist against Hawaiians. Maybe it could be. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that, but um, now that you suggested it and put the idea in my head, I'm going to go for it. Like, Keanu is clearly the more photogenic of the two. Okay, yeah. so Ted's Ted's little brother is hanging out with uh, Bill, and Ted's little brother uh, basically makes some comment about how it's safe to go back outside because Ted's driver's license, or driving lesson, is over. And Bill then uh, makes a comment about how it's about time because they need to go get the new Led Zeppelin CD from Abdul's Music Shop before Abdul's Music Shop opens and everybody purchases the CD. It is not a Led Zeppelin CD. Oh, did he not say Led Zeppelin? What did he say? It's Iron Maiden. It's Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, fuck me. Okay. Led Zeppelin was already broken up by this time. Yes. I was actually going to go into a whole thing about that. Damn it. Now I gotta look up Iron Maiden. So if this was in in tandem with the nineteen nineties movie, this would have been No Prayer for the Dying. <laughs> the name of the, the Iron Maiden CD that was being released mm-hmm. that they wanted to grab and grab at this mm-hmm. point. It marks the first lineup change since nineteen eighty two, when Smith left the band during the pre production phase. So Alright, let's get on with the episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not really goals. derailing tonight. <laughs> Holy so shit. one thing I did want to point out though is that um, uh, Ted's little brother basically said Abdul's music shop is five blocks away. You can just fucking walk it. And Bill says, "Oh, we we got new sneakers. We don't want to damage them or something like that." But really, what this speaks to is how inevitably anybody who gets a magic teleportation device immediately becomes lazy. Mm-hmm. And will rely on instantaneous transportation over any type of like 
manual transportation whenever they can. But why so, do they take the car the, that says 1973 on it on the license plate? That's the 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 Plymouth. Mm-hmm. 1973 Duster, Plymouth right? Duster. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, they they chose the most inefficient means of transportation ever. I mean, there's probably lead that they're sucking out of the exhaust pipe. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. But the reason for this is because you'll you'll find out later on that they left their time traveling phone booth by the convenience store, which was driving distance away from their place, rather than having the time travel device at their home. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to play off when you have a phone booth in your room. Like, if you stole a street sign, your parents would be like, ah, he's yeah. going through a phase. But when you have a fucking you phone, phone booth, booth in your room, <laughs> yeah, then, then your parents are like, That's like, is this a felony? A I think this is more than $500 worth of damage. Yeah. Yes. Grand, grand Theft Phone Booth. It's an excellent point. So, um... Bill test sells tags. Also, okay. for our listeners, a phone booth. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So, phone oh, okay. booths were these things that used to exist back in the 1990s and before. Superman. Uh, actually, for Superman used to get changed. <laughs> yeah, Superman <laughs> used to change in them. Like, let's let's go way back. Way for, back. For reference of this, you want to go back and watch. God, I can't even remember the name of the actor. The the Colin movie Farrell. Phone Booth, starring Colin Farrell. Yes, thank yes. you. Oh god, that was the boringest movie yeah, fucking in, ever. In which he has when she has to fight a radioactive phone booth to the death. Exactly. Voiced by Donald Sutherland. Yes. yes. <laughs> Old vampire king himself. Old oh, vampire king god, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. Soil green is made of people. Yeah. And he's sucking them down. It's made out of people. <laughs> Wasn't that Charlton Heston? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm i mixing like so many fucking things because there's also yeah. Keanu Reeves that was in Phone Booth. Donald Sutherland was in The Pod People, well, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Char- and, uh, Charleston Heston? Keanu Reeves Charlton was Heston. in Phone Booth? Char- Charleston yeah, yeah, Heston? Keanu Reeves. Jeez, did I say Keanu Reeves? Kiefer Sutherland. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn it. Why did they name their child Charleston Heston? It's because like an alliteration. Really shitting on people. It, it's a, it's the, the alliteration just kind of bugs me. He was really into pooping his pants. That's why. There's lots of ton. At any rate, Bill asks Ted to drive, and Ted says he can't because he needs an adult present because all he has is his learner's permit. Permit? Learner's permit. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Luckily, that's when Rufus, their time guide, shows up. And he shows up because he needs to come back in time to service their phone booth. So he shows up in his phone booth to basically service their phone booth. And they said, oh, excellent timing. You can be in the car while we drive to the music store. And you can be the adult. Of course, Rufus has no idea how to drive a car. So they just sort of have this series of gag reels where they're like acting as very poor drivers trying to drive up a hill. And they do a lot of different things where the, the voice acting doesn't match up with the animation, or at the very least, they're, they're saying, they're telling and not showing in the animation for some of the jokes, and it just doesn't really land at all. So, anyway, they fuck up the vehicle, it breaks down, and they figure, okay, we need to find somebody that can help us repair the car. And they run to their phone booth, which is next to a convenience store, and they Leaping just look Rufus up, to fix the car. Yeah, leaving Rufus yeah, to fix the car. Yeah, poor Rufus from way the F in the future. To the point where he doesn't even know what the word engine really means. 
because he yeah. says, what is an engine? But they look up Plymouth in the phone booth and dial in the number for Plymouth, thinking that might take them to either a Plymouth dealership or a Plymouth repair shop. And instead, it takes them to Plymouth Rock. And we get to see that the pilgrims that first came to Plymouth Rock in New England uh, were actually conquistadors and French maids. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And they threw a lot of THs onto the end of all the fucking words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of the voice acting in this show is painful. Yes. It, I, I, yeah. I would actually, I would argue that Bill and Ted's voice acting was actually pretty spot on. It did not sound, to me, it didn't sound painful. It was just way too many puns that they forced well, them to say, so basically. It was overwritten. The, the yeah. basis yeah. of a good voice actor comes from good acting. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would I would argue that people who start in voice acting don't have the same kind of acting chutzpah that real yeah. actors do going into voice acting. Right. <laughs> Frank Welker. Yeah, they're fucking Peter Weller. People. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're goddamn garbage people over there. Hank Azaria. All talentless hacks, I say. Think, things are said in such a way to, like, almost like a, a five or six-year-old would say something when they're trying to, like, prove you wrong like trying to like point out like the differences in your knowledge versus their knowledge almost by yeah, just man. being very blatant with the way they change things all do you think all. that do you think that bill and ted captured a zeitgeist or were they wholly completely constructed i think i think the latter i think is actually what wound up happening i think yeah. with the advent of time travel essentially the zeitgeist <laughs> from each separate era came mm-hmm. together and like culminated or accreted into physical form and that's what Bill and Ted are they are actually the physical accreted form of zeitgeist throughout all ages into a singular or two singular entities two singular entities <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I a singular entity you know I think they're nihilists and that's the I'm reason why they it. seem like they're so dumb compared to our age it's because they're actually smart for all the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely nihilist. Anyway, about about halfway through the the section with the pilgrims, I the glanced Plymouth down. Rock and, yeah, I glanced down and realized we were halfway through the cartoon, and I was like, "Hey, it's not too bad. It's not as torturous as I thought. Yeah, <laughs> this bit's not, quite not boring." Left. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, you know what? I, we've gotten to halfway. And I'm not mad. That's right. Well, we you're, you're more in this section we see Bill and Ted essentially name Plymouth Rock because they were talking about their Plymouth duster needed to get fixed, and it put the idea in the mm-hmm. Pilgrims' minds. And then the Pilgrims showed up and said they were very weird, and that's the reason why they left England. But they're not actually that weird, and like they're happy, and they like to be inclusive to all people. And then they are immediately racist towards some uh first peoples that are actually there uh it's like adam's family too they immediately start to fight and then bill and ted introduce them to the concept of thanksgiving because that's when they get off school and it's their favorite holiday so they then try to like force a thanksgiving feast upon 
the uh, First Peoples and the Pilgrims all at the same time. And this is when, of course, this is the first historic thing they're doing, but this is when we realize that much like Widget the World Watcher, when it comes to educating kids about the environment, Bill and Ted is just going to yeah. be absolute garbage when it comes to any type of historical accuracy about anything. Yeah, yeah this is actively anti-educational. <laughs> exactly. I, exactly. I do feel dumber. They they did get funding from the anti-education departments, mm-hmm. um, headed by the GOP, and <laughs> that's distressingly accurate. <laughs> Back to the show. The pilgrims are forced to sit down to a feast by Bill and Ted. Uh, the pilgrims want them to cook a baby turkey, which they refuse to do. We we don't eat old animals. We eat young animals. No, they don't taste, they don't good. taste good. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they don't taste yeah. Good. Yeah. Could you imagine like slicing off a piece of my ass and trying to eat it? God, it would taste awful. Yeah. Yes. If, yes, if you can. guys, if we all crashed into <laughs> like the Chilean, be a rough one to edit, David. If, yeah. if we all crashed <laughs> into the yeah, Chilean just, mountains, I'm gonna be the one cutting all this shit out. And yeah. if, oh yeah. It's gonna if, keep, if you keep had to, busy. if you Mike, had to like, Mike, go, why do you think we all made friends with Derek? If you had to go full on alive on me, you would be like, if we crash guy, the Andes, we eat this, Derek first. Yeah, he's the young, supple beefcake. Did you see his? Have you seen his delicious body? No, it's too tough. <laughs> he works it out too much. They wind up getting super pissed at Bill and Ted because they still haven't killed the baby turkeys, so they throw them in a stockade. And one of the native peoples comes up and says, Hey, uh, if you give me the recipe for your trout slushy, I'll let you go. And apparently the trout slushy is just shaved ice, trout, and salt. I think he said. In a blender, Yes. And that's enough to satisfy uh, the, one of these first people, and he just kicks the stockade and shatters it immediately. And Bill and Ted run off to their phone booth, jump in it, hit in some coordinates, and they zap away, but it seems to go wonky. And this is when Bill and Ted wind up on, I don't know the name of the ship, but it's Sir Francis Drake's ship in uh, the middle of the uh, English Canal, circa 1585 where they're in a firefight with the pirate O'Malley, which is Grace O'Malley, who is an Irish princess, who has actually a very huge and storied life. Crazy stuff. Bill and Ted's uh, time machine lands in the crow's nest. And Sir Sir Francis Drake accuses them of being spies, and uh, being spies for Spain, right? They say, no, we're not spies, and Sir Francis Drake doesn't believe them, ties them to the mast of his ship, Bill and Ted find out they're fighting O'Malley, and they keep on referencing O'Malley's ship. So they start screaming out to O'Malley's ship to try to get O'Malley to come over and rescue them, even though they don't really know, even know who O'Malley is. And they're able to do this because they're all in a fog trying to hide from each other, and it's the noise that kind of sets them off. O'Malley's men invade the ship. They wind up overtaking Sir Francis Drake's men, inadvertently releasing Bill and Ted. That's when we find out that Grace O'Malley was actually just trying to talk to Sir Francis Drake and talk him into being part of her bowling league, and they were actually shooting bowling balls, not cannonballs, at the other ship. Sir Francis Drake seems to be happy about this, and they decide, I guess, it seems like the subtext is they decide to be on the same bowling league. Bill gives uh, Grace O'Malley the baby turkey so she can have a parrot on her shoulder which is going to be a giant goddamn <laughs> fucking parrot 
weighing down the swamp. Yeah. I picture her over. in about yeah, I picture her in about sixteen months. It's just this behemoth mini fridge on her shoulders. Yeah, just squawking and pecking at her eyeballs. A velociraptor. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's waddled. like not Jurassic Park size, but like actual velociraptor size. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she basically says to Bill and Ted, "What can I do to thank you?" For no, no, let's let, no, no. Fuck it, I'm going on a tangent. So Jurassic Park, okay. <laughs> the, the velociraptors okay. were not velociraptors. The campies no, were velociraptors. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, right. But weren't compies like the Compsognathus were actually that size too? Okay, I haven't researched this. So. <laughs> Why didn't you research this, David? How did you not know we were going to go to Jurassic Park? David, why didn't you research all of the tangents that you... Like, why didn't you research all of the tangents that we could possibly go on? The guys basically say to Grace O'Malley, can you please just get our phone booth down? To which they wind up shooting the mast until the phone booth uh, dumps out of the crow's nest. The guys jump in and they go back to their regular timeline. And when they show up, they see that Rufus has actually completely disassembled the Plymouth T duster. And uh, Ted's dad has shown up to arrest the dude because he's blocking traffic. And that's when we get the exchange between the two of them where Rufus says that Rufus is actually his middle name because in the future they do not have first or last names. States that he hasn't been born yet, which pisses off Ted's dad and he decides to take him to jail. Ted's dad says... It would take uh, Henry Ford to put this car back together now. And uh, Bill and Ted overhear this, so they decide to jump back in the phone booth to go back in time and find Henry Ford to enlist his help to rebuild the car. They wind up going back in time to Dayton, Ohio, instead of Detroit, in 1903, and they wind up meeting the Wright brothers. And this is when we get the best pun of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Where Bill says, we went back to the right time and the right brothers. Yes. It really tickled me. Me too. I mean, honestly, it's better than most writing on most of the other shows we've watched. It's not good. That's fair. That's fair. But at any rate, we find out that the Wright brothers were actually just trying to create a lighter bike in order to go into the first Tour de France. And that's actually how they wound up inventing their flying machine. And it was Bill and Ted that showed them that it could fly because they had to use it to get up to their time booth, which had parked in the sky again because it's malfunctioning due to its lack of maintenance. These two motherfuckers look like they dropped out of another cartoon. That they do. They look, they feel like, it feels like they've traveled not back in time, not only like conceptually, but they've also done it artistically in that now they are in a previous art style. Indeed. And the funny thing was, I thought they actually did all their experimentation with flying machines in Kitty Hawk, uh, North Carolina, for whatever reason. Well, they explained yeah. this Probably. one that they're, they're not building a flying machine. They are simply trying to make this one go faster and in, go faster. inadvertently. Yeah, they're inventing a bicycle, not a flying yeah. machine. Having the, our in, in, intrepid duo make their way to Detroit, where they find uh, Henry Ford on a uh, horse drawn carriage getting food thrown at him because he's holding up traffic. 
And that's when they introduce to him the idea of the automobile, and they offer to take him to the future so he can fix their car. And he has no idea what they're talking about, but he wants to get out of there because everybody's throwing shit at him, so he just jumps to the phone booth with him and goes to the future. Uh, and that's when we actually wind up getting a cutaway scene, I think, of Rufus getting uh, uh, his mugshots taken. Is that right? Yes. And Rufus is basically, like, being a bit of a smartass, saying, hey, can I get, you know, 10 by 10s of these so I can frame them or something like that. And he gets hauled off to jail. Ford takes a first crack at uh, rebuilding the car, and he makes some sort of strange flying machine-looking contraption. Yeah, it's like a cross between a Model T and a plane. Yeah, it looks like a dune buggy with wings, basically. And he says, okay. And they say, that's not a car. And he says, okay, let me take another crack at it. And then he rebuilds it perfectly after that. <laughs> and that's when he decides he wants to go back to his time frame and start a new company. And he's going to make a car of his own. And he's going to name it the Model B&T. And they say, that sounds like a sandwich. And he said, okay, let me flip for it. And he flips. It lands on tails. So, so he says, I'm going to name it the Model T. Not for Ted, but for Tails. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, we, we cut to the final scene where uh, Bill and Ted are at the police station trying to plead the case that Rufus is actually a good guy and he was there to help Bill and Ted with the whole vehicle situation. And somehow they managed to talk Ted's father into uh, letting Rufus go because Henry Ford had rebuilt the uh, Plymouth Duster. So everything is resolved. But Bill and Ted wind up getting their Iron Maiden CD because it turns out that the car accidents or like the holdup on the highway that uh, they had caused with the Plymouth Duster actually wound up causing Abdul's music van to dump all of the new Iron Maiden CDs out on the roadway. So he and scripts, uh, he conscripts uh, all of the people that are standing around watching, including Bill and Ted, to help him clean up the CDs in exchange for a single Iron Maiden CD. Boom, Finn, done. What did you guys think of the show? All right, let's. Uh, I can, thought it was shit. Yeah. Can, can we can we do the uh, Bill and <laughs> Ted's checklist? <laughs> wait, let's. let's do, oh do you, wait, wait, do you have a checklist? You have a Bill and Ted's checklist. I have, I have a Bill and Ted's checklist. David, I, okay. I expect your Go size. Um, and yes or no. In, in... Hey David, I don't expect you. Oh, is this for me? What? Yes, it's, it's this is this is a segment between you and me, a la anime checklist. But this is a Bill and Ted checklist. Did they have an excellent adventure? <laughs> uh... <laughs> is this a good time for me to take? This, this is a good checklist. I like this This is a good time for Derek to take a bathroom break or a, a re-up on the beer, <laughs> um, because this is uh, a repeat of our anime checklist last week, um, and, and this is very special to me and David. <laughs> wow! Way to write me out of this segment. No, wow. you, you, you don't. You, you, you all may do your bits, but this is this is my bit. This is this is my checklist bit. Okay. <laughs> all right, then, then do your fucking bit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do my fucking bit, David. Did they have yeah. an excellent 
They certainly did have an adventure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Superb answer, sir. Was any aspect of their adventure bogus? Yes. The writing. <laughs> yes. The animation. The adventure. <laughs> did the wild stallions rule? No, I don't think they did any of the music stuff. Yeah. No. So they were just Bill and Ted. They were not the wild stallions. Was there any air guitar or Bill and Ted-esque behavior in this episode? That seems a bit too broad. I mean, they were Bill and Ted. There was a lot of... Technically, all of their behavior was... Okay, so specifically... Some specific wordplay. Specifically, yeah, the wordplay. In the beginning, he did say... Bill did say, uh, what's next for the adventures of uh, Bill Ampersand Ted? Okay. Or something along the lines of, like, when when Ted gets a car, it's going to change up the dynamic of Bill Ampersand Ted. Yeah. Number four. Did they change history? Ducktail. Woohoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. They did. did. Did they specifically they did. change they history? The stupid fucking yeah, uh, did they, yes. Did they solve a mystery? <laughs> or rewrite history. <laughs> okay. Number E. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a phone booth? Um, I have seen a payphone recently because they're they do have them around New York. Oh fuck New York! Yeah, of course they do. They don't get rid of anything like there. An art installation. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've I've seen payphones. I don't remember. A phone I don't know booth. if I've actually seen a booth. Yeah, I, yeah, well, they don't do booths anymore because they... Um, because and no, I don't think I've ever seen a booth. We've the, criminalized the, uh, homelessness. The, the, well, yeah, of course. The last time I saw a phone booth was actually in the uh, DOJ building. Ironically, there was a Batman symbol on the phone booth. Like, Ironically? Yeah, because obviously Batman doesn't need to change in a phone booth. It's pretty ironic. Do you think that payphones still exist, you know, predominantly in New York City or, or big cities in that in that regard for nine one one connectivity? They I don't do know because nine one one can be dialed from any phone anywhere without any charge. Yeah, yeah they, they I, have yeah. them set up in uh, college campuses where there's emergency phones. Yeah, yeah. there's emergency phones, like the, but it's not nine one one. The pole with the, the pole with the blue lights. Yeah, oh, they, they only dial nine one one. Yeah. yeah. There's yes. one button. It just calls campus security or, yeah. Yeah. Please. But I- Last question. How Way many jumps? How many jumps did they do? But the, how is this I a checklist? This this is just quizzing David. It's like a quiz. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the Bill and Ted pop quiz. Pop this is my quiz. checklist. Well, On the okay. top of the checklist. Pop quiz, hotshot. Embarrass <laughs> David. Check. What was everybody's favorite <laughs> Bill and Ted line? from this episode mm, there Ooh. is one line that i did was li- mildly amused by and that was when they're driving up the hill and he says that he's he's driving most wonderfully in gear numero uno <laughs> God damn it. with the parking Don't steal my thunder man <laughs> with the parking brake engaged nice, and then nice. fucking and then he says we should roll down the windows to hear the cheers from our adoring fans or whatever he yeah. says. Yeah. And I was laughing my ass off because I just imagined this dude roasting the transmission with a parking brake set. Oh, yes. God damn it. 
No, that was my thunder too. We've we've That's all done fave. that though. Come on. Nice. We we no, we haven't. Did you have a favorite line, Mike? Excellent. Mm-hmm. Party that time. Was my favorite so, okay. line. Okay. Excellent. Party time. Excellent. No, still, again, that's Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you know this entire uh, this entire episode made no sense because in the movie they were driving around and you don't remember that scene where they were singing Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Yeah. They were yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> and, and the guy who was gonna puke in the back, but he actually turned out to be singing. Do you think yeah. that? Do you think that Bill? Do you think that Bill and Ted kill and live inside of Wayne and Garth's skin, or is it the other way around? <laughs> well, Garth's, I think Garth's... I think they kill Bill. Ooh, yes. they kill Bill. Ooh, does Ridiculous. Uma Thurman actually kill Bill? Yes. Bill Her... is Prescott. Yes, I, think, <laughs> I had I had two lines that I two lines that I really liked from this, and I think okay. um, uh, one of them was when Ted said about the Wright brothers, "I th- I think I trued when I should have falsed a test question about these dudes." Mm-hmm. Yes, and then the other one was uh, when they were actually about to head out to um, meet up with Henry Ford. Bill said something along the lines of, oh, I remember I had a multiple choice question about this dude on one of my tests. And Ted said, did you get the answer right? And Bill said, what type of question is that, Ted? Of course I didn't get it right. (laughs) I really like that, uh... Really like that interplay between the two of them, where it's like, no, oh, yeah, I, I did enjoy that character throughout this. That actually felt like one of the most real moments, uh, <laughs> where like Bill, Bill actually admits that he's not, you know, amazing. He's he's self aware. Yeah, right. It's like a, one, the one moment of uh, clarity that he had. Yeah, the single s- second of introspection that they were given to was given to them by the writers. I enjoyed. I did enjoy the the like those two characters more than I thought I would. And I thought, you know, like they had fun little interplay in lines, but overall this was mm-hmm. not a good cartoon. Yeah. You know, you, you know, I think it would have been better if it was half the length. Yes. Like mm-hmm. instead of making a full half hour, there were like 15 minute shows that could cut out the entire pirate scene. It just felt like it just, yeah. there was so, there was so much nothing in it. Like, yeah. All the reasons they were doing things didn't make any sense. It felt like they were trying so hard yeah. to invent a reason for this. No, yeah, yeah. Like, the call to action in this particular episode was so weak sauce that I, I imagine... I mean, this is episode four in the series, right? So this right. is like... They should have still been, like, on the ball. They should have still been, you know, <laughs> fresh with the writing. I have a feeling that probably every episode is like this, honestly. Hmm. But, but Mike, Derek. what did you think? Did you enjoy it, Michael? I think it's about time that we have such a fresh episode. Or is it about space? space? Time will tell. Don't encourage him. Stop. Stop <laughs> talking to him. <laughs> David, what did you think? I don't know. It, it, it was a lot of the writing. And yeah. I think like Bill and Ted in particular were like trying really hard to speak sound like they did in it sound like they did in the movie. Yeah. 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 
it was yeah, yeah it I mean, was I, it, a total waste of time i would not go for seconds wow i like it well i don't well who cares what you don't like i care so let's move on to voting okay i'm gonna have to say now that i know that the voice actors changed in the second season that we need to keep this for the second se- to do a second season episode. <laughs> so we have to do a comparison study, essentially. Right, yeah. <laughs> we got to break it down. Nice. And nice. I'd say we have to do episode we, four. You have to see season. how much worse can get. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like season one was 13 episodes and season four was eight. So. Yeah, there we go. Here's a stinker. I, I think there's something to that because we're starting pretty low, but there's still like some some sparks of life in here. Once they lose the talent, this is going to be yeah, uh, it's going to be, be delicious, horrific. Yeah, this is going to be pure, basically terrible. It's yeah. going to be a trout shave ice of of um, um, deliciousness. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be the miserables. So I think. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> David, I I was I was not there with you but you know what you make a compelling argument and i think that i think i'm gonna have to agree with you i think i have to vote to keep it on too david you had me it i didn't enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) oh boy now i I gotta say i was i was actually expecting to like this a lot uh, less than i did like i was expecting this to be pure oh yeah i i thought it was gonna be a hardcore cash in yeah, but it, it there, was. there was a little bit of charm to this, just a little bit, and I think it's really just because they got they still had all the voice talent. So, like you were saying, that so. yeah, like I, I like I kind of really liked Rufus's character because yeah. he's like very understated the whole time. Yeah, and it and it is still George Carlin, and like it's just it just feels good to hear his voice sometimes. Honestly. Yeah. Hi guys, sorry to bust in like this, but the important people slipped me an extra gig. <laughs> Missy yeah. George. I miss And he goes George. he goes into that bit in the middle where he talks about the seven things you can't say on TV. Yeah, <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. They it's, I it's think really should have put that in the, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I really so that's where I about face on that one. So I agree with uh, Adam and David. You you've convinced me Next time we roll this, we have to watch season two. Yeah, we just have to make sure we're choosing mm-hmm. that show. Do you want guys want to watch episode four of season two? Just to like apples to apples it? <laughs> no. That's like sadly in the middle of season two, too. No, so I want I want the uh, also. I want the Dragon oh, so you want, Ball like, Z the... charging up episode. <laughs> <laughs> I want the one that we watched with uh with with the uh with the mechs. Absolutely uh, fluff episode. I could also go for like the the final episode too. Like I wouldn't wouldn't mind the the last one just to see exactly how they ended it. Oh, when uh, Bill finally kills Ted. Yeah, or when they when they find out that Bill went back in time and became Ted's father. Yeah, mm. biological father hmm. and emotional and emotional. Yes. Who, if you had to have one of them as your father, which one would you pick? Ooh. Um, Time will Bill, tell. Obviously. Really? I would pick Ted. Really? 
Yeah, he seems really relaxed. Also, I love my mother, and I want her to have hot, kinky sex with Keanu Reeves and not Alex Winters. The reason why I went with Bill is because uh, it's, his full name is William S. Preston Esquire. Esquire. So he's a lawyer, baby. He's, he's a, lawyer a lawyer. In training. <laughs> you know, I never understood what Esquire meant, so I always tacked that onto my name back in high school, too. I believe you were, it means you were a member of the uh, landed gentry. I thought it yeah. just meant that I was in training with a knight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you with, were, with right? an S knight. No, that is, that is a squire, yeah. not esquire. Esquire means that you have passed the bar exam. Oh. Oh, thank you, Derek. Oh. Mm. So, so, so we do know that if that's the case, that Bill is actually not Doogie, a knight in training. Doogie Hauser level genius. Because he actually passed the bar when he was in high school. And he's just sort of like acting like a, a ditzy teenage kid just to like fit in. Because he's trying to uh, make sure that he still maintains some sort of friendships. David, who would you like as your father? <laughs> Darth Vader. Let's give him both a shot and I'd rather not know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, oh the genetic dice. <laughs> They're Eskimo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. All right. So, would we let any significant other watch this episode? Well, we still haven't heard from you and Derek. Who no. would you want your father to be? <laughs> I would want my father to be Rufus. Oh. All right. All right. Good call. Time traveling. Uh, yeah. Technically, not an up. option, but nice. I'm going to give yeah. it to you. Unless, unless Rufus is like Bill and Ted's great, 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 great grandson, and he's like the culmination of the two of them. Oh, like when their he's, bloodlines he's, finally merge. I mean, yeah, he's got both of their genetics in him. Yeah. <laughs> How far in the future was Rufus from? It's never exactly clear. I believe. Do, do they give I, a year yeah, in the movie? I, I don't think they do. Twenty X six. Oh, uh, the future timeline is 2688. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. That is quite a bit away. That's yeah. 500 years. It's, it's 500 years from when the movie was released. Oh, thank God it's not 2015 when it's exactly. flying cars and oh. self-lacing shoes. <laughs> not 700 years yeah. when the movie was released. All right, so I would not let my kids a couple things this. that I've missed out on. Uh, did I like the show? Not really. Uh, oh, yeah. Should we keep it? Not really. <laughs> but after listening to the banter, going back and forth to where we get new voice actors, I'm I'm interested. <laughs> You're cautiously disappointed. It's like the opposite of being cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Cautiously uh, this, was, this was just yeah. The, the, just from a standpoint of enjoying these shows, you know, because I, I try and go into it. I, I don't try and say, you know, like, or I don't try and essentially bring my childhood into watching these shows, right? And I'm not being like, I don't remember this shit. I just didn't like this one. It was meh, you know? The the yeah. only thing that I really actually, like, kind of, they grabbed me, I guess you could say, was the fact that they actually brought up the fact that the Pilgrims did not come from England, you know? <laughs> 
Like that. That's that, that's a very very not well proliferated fact. You're fact pissed that, that Squanto was in here. They mm-hmm. originated in England, but then they went to Holland, and then they came to the United States. And that was the only thing in this episode that I went, oh, my God, wow. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, I kind of want to see the abortion that is the new voice actors Ugh. and see how bad that is. So I vote keep it. Would I let my kid watch it? No. This is lowbrow bullshit. Agreed. What else? Who do I want to be my dad? John Wick. John Wick. <laughs> Ultimately, what Ted have I becomes. <laughs> have I answered all the questions? Baba Yaga. I want him to show me some cool gun moves. Baba yeah, Yaga. Uh, Matt, you, you said no to your child? No. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. And Mike, Same no to your this is child's. Yeah, this is dum-dum level. What'd you say? Dum-dum. I also... I also really hated the animation style of it. Ooh, yeah. It did seem cheap. Like it didn't. Yeah, it, it didn't seem well, kind of intended. It felt lazy. So, ready to do some redemption? Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Derek, what change Derek, do you want nice. to make to the list? Holy fuck, I'm up again? Jesus Christ. Oh, All right. Oh, yeah. Um. Okay. I want James Bond Jr. into the rotation. Oh, I remember oh, watching that one as a kid. Oh, fuck too. yeah. And, yep, and Bond, I will... James Bond Jr. Wait, you're at... Wait, I, I, I'm having some cognitive uh, dissonance with dissonance. you saying that you remember the show and you want it added to the list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if it's good or not, but I just remember uh, that it's, one. It's not. From... It's not. <laughs> yeah, put that shit on the list. Um, All right, and our next redemption is for Matt. Yay! Yeah, Matt. Who can I fuck over? Who can I fuck over? Mm, what's it, oh, so I missed what David did. Sorry. I said, which Derek, Derek did. Yeah. yeah. Derek added uh, James Bond Jr. to the list. Oh, dear. The Adventures of James Bond Jr. Boy, that sounds so bad. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'd like to get rid of do it. 116 Pokemon. What's that? Oh. <gasps> What? I'd like to get rid of it, please. Really? Taking Pokemon off the list. That is very strange. Is it because there's 1,119 episodes of it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, I don't think any of us really had an attachment to Pokemon. Yeah. That's I don't the reason wa- why I'm surprised I, you took it off. I don't want it cluttering up our garbage. I don't want us to be popular. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Tell me what is index 465. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077. 465. We've got 466. <laughs> Rainbow Bright. Uh, no, we Whoa. go underneath, don't we? No, we go up. No, we go up. Really? Yeah, yeah we don't get... Rainbow Bright? 
we have we have like fucking hundreds we might even have thousands of fucking cartoons and live action shows by this point in time and we're redoing fucking rainbow bright we didn't get rid of it we didn't get rid of it we deserve this jesus all right uh i for one welcome our new rainbow overlords we get some murky murkiness up in here Mm -hmm. i was feeling a little murky i was feeling a little murky the other night but i've been getting those wet wipes oh yeah well, that's why you got to get up a day. We need we need to pick the episode of Rainbow Bright that we want to watch. Okay, well that'll right. be up to Matt because he will be oh, doing the summary. Excellent. What? No. Matthew, <laughs> Damn it. We watched episode three, Peril in the Pits. I thought we watched the first episode. I thought it was the first episode too, but I'm actually looking through right now, <laughs> and it says that Peril in the Pits is actually episode three. We learned that they were all like specials that got caught up, like that. that yeah, they would, yeah. That it's not like one continuous series. I was just gonna say, I think that the first, I think that the first quote unquote uh, episodes were actually like a movie. Yeah, that they had broken down into two parts. So the beginning of Rainbow Land Part One and beginning of Rainbow Land Part Two are were the first two that aired. So, just going off of the names, start. you want Star Sprinkled. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. Episode 9, June 19th, 1986, when a sneaky intergalactic salesman... I love it. ...shrinks Twink into signing over the Color Caves. Rainbow Bright and her friends have to convince him that they need them back for more than just profit. Oh, I think I picked well. I think you did too because it is so horrible that no writer has actually accepted responsibility for the script. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. <laughs> uh, I, believe, right, so. I believe every episode of Rainbow Bright was written by a concerned parent. <laughs> Ooh. That's Star Sprinkles. All right. So, on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we will be watching Rainbow Bright, Episode 9, Star Sprinkled. But next time on Amazingly Terrible, we will be watching Starfleet Bomber X, Destroy the Prison Planet, Episode 18. Sounds good. Oh boy. And Starfleet Bomber X is going to be Derek, and this is our first puppet episode coming up our first marionettes yeah we're gonna do this and yeah we're gonna do this entire podcast with our puppets that's right yes i'm still waiting to animate this uh, entire penis puppeteering Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i wasn't gonna go into that but uh (laughs) the south park (laughs) cock magic episode yes I still want to put our podcast. No, I'm on stoked. YouTube. Uh, have you guys watched the episode yet? No, no, not yet. I have. It's. <laughs> Is it good? Is it really good? <laughs> I liked it. Nice. Uh, not probably for the reasons of like it was amazing television. I really like their uniforms. <laughs> that's a spoiler <laughs> cut that one out like I thought the costume design on it was fucking incredible <laughs> uh, this this whole episode has given me a headache 
Yes. This was a bad I know. I'm sorry, David. Gentlemen, this I should got say excited. bad episode. I should take some Nuprin. Oh, goodness. It's little, yellow, yeah. different. Is he still muted? Yeah. Am I? Mike is still muted. Mike, have you been writing like the perfect (laughs) song this entire time? I I think he's been talking and he's just been muted. Can any of us unmute him or? It's okay. No, only Mike can unmute himself. There he goes. What, Mike, have you been spinning comedy gold this whole time? I mean, we'll hear it on the recording once it gets to us. Oh, God, that's <laughs> yeah, right. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, disregard. Oh, boy. Everything. Uh, I, I did not uh, mean nice, that. Nice. Your, your mothers are all very wonderful people. <laughs> nice. For this particular bogus journey, I've been Wild Adam. I've yeah. been Stallion Matt. Matt Stallion. Matt Stallion. I've been Station David. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I've been Mike, and ask your doctor if Iron Maidening is right for you. Symptoms include anal leakage and slight death. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The anal leakage before Um, the slight death? And this is Rufus Derrick. And I get to nice. get this podcast back to the future for a 20,000 year tune up. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Nice. Good call, back Should we do every nice. hack bit that we know? We should, yeah. <laughs> of course we should. <laughs> this is amazingly terrible. What else will we do it? Yeah, we're awful at this. It's okay. We're awfully terrible. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Okay, the original novels of The Miserables and The Phantom of the Opera are out of copyright. The because. Miserables. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's how it's the, mis- <laughs> the Miserables. <laughs> the Miserables. Hey, if, if El Nino means the Nino, then La Miserables oh means God. the Miserables. Oh, my God. Oh, shit.